Saints podcast presented by Seekies. I'm Caroline Gonzalez alongside John DeShazer and on today's show we are joined by ESPN's reporter for the New Orleans Saints Mike Triplett and I'll let JD go ahead and take it off with the interview JD. Mike we're going to jump right to the meat of it here now okay four games in and I'm generally not a person who would suggest desperation or must win or anything of that nature but this one feels like it's a pretty pretty important one for the Saints. Do you agree? Yeah, I don't want to shortchange the Lions. Um, they could be a lot better than one and two. They just won last week. Uh, they have a lot of quality playmakers on offense. So this is this is no gimme uh, by any stretch. But yeah, this is this would be the one that would hurt the most. The combination of losing to Detroit and going one and three uh, would turn this into a panic because. I, look, the, the game against Las Vegas was a stinker, no doubt about it. You have one of those every year. The game against Green Bay was competitive against one of the best teams in the NFL. So that was not panic-inducing necessarily. Uh, but you, you add a third one to that against a Detroit team that people don't expect that much from this year, um, then, then, then it gets ugly. <laughs> now, that said, and we know the Saints have had some defensive issues, you know, is it, is it a situation where you you feel like they're pretty close? I mean, you know, nine pass interference penalties. If you're an opponent, obviously yeah. you're going to attack that. But does it seem like they might be a little bit closer? You know, do you do you feel like this team is still adjusting to how the games are being officiated, or you know, what seems to be the the main issue there in your opinion? Yeah, I I just broke this down um, today actually for my article on ESPN, and and I wrote for better and for worse. There isn't a main issue. Um, you could look. You could look at that two different ways. They've screwed up in a bunch of different areas. They, they couldn't stop the tight end in week two. Uh, the pass interference penalties have been insane. The uh, deep pass showed up all of a sudden in week three. Sean Payton said they're not covering the play action passes. They look like a high school team out there. Cam Jordan doesn't have a sack yet, and his pressures are down. So that's disappointing that we can list all those things off, but we're not talking about one thing that just looks like it'll never get fixed. I think we think, especially if Marshawn Lattimore is not hurt, I think we think they have two really good corners. I think we think they have a great pass rusher in Cam, and and it'll help when Marcus Davenport comes back. I don't think we think they're going to average <laughs> three pass interference penalties a game all season long. So, so there is still reason for hope, and there's still a lot of talent on this defense. A lot of attention, Mike, has been addressed towards Cam Jordan, his lack lack of productivity so far, especially from what we're used to seeing from Cam. But the, the Lions offensive line is 24th in the league in opponent sacks per game. Do you think not only is this hopefully a get-right game for the Saints, but hopefully Cam Jordan to kind of get his confidence back, get his wheels going a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the odds say. I mean, we know he's still one of the you know best defensive players in the entire NFL. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see any reason for drop-off. Uh, you could point to things like double teams and chips. You can always point to that. But it's funny. I went for that story to look up and, and say, oh, when's the last time Cam went three games without a sack? And it actually has happened a bunch. It, it's happened almost every year where he's had a three-game stretch without a sack. 
but he has not gone four games without a sack since his rookie year. Uh, so, so the numbers say he's definitely due this week. Yeah, those things always seem to come in bunches for guys like Cam Jordan. So, you know, he'll have, you know, a couple of drought games and then he might have two in a game and one and then he might go another game with two. I'm sure he's looking forward to playing the Falcons. Maybe he can get another four. <laughs> something crazy <laughs> but but Mike I'm, I'm gonna ask you the obvious here um Michael Thomas what does he mean to this offense and, and what does he mean getting back into this offense well look he means everything to any offense he could be placed on uh um, he's one of the best uh receivers in NFL history uh through through the first four years of his career but I think he's especially important to this offense because no matter where you fall on the Drew Brees doesn't throw the ball downfield argument um Drew Brees hasn't been throwing the ball downfield a ton in recent years and they've gone 13 and three two years in a row and Breeze has had the best passer ratings of his career and the best completion percentages of his career uh, because Michael Thomas is a really handy target to have on, on short and intermediate throws and when it's third and seven and you need a first down and when you're in the red zone and you're looking for a touchdown or when everyone's guarded and you have to throw it to someone even even when he's guarded um, Michael Thomas is, is just the ultimate uh, security blanket for any quarterback. Uh, and he also changes what a defense does. But look, we've seen Alvin Kamara go, Kamara go ballistic so far <laughs> in the first three weeks of this season. And you would think, you know what a defense might do? A defense might sell out to stop Alvin Kamara. Well, you can't do that with Michael Thomas on the field. I think we are all correcting ourselves. I don't know about yeah. Mike, but ever since listening, I've been, to I usually that. say Camara. I always knew that. That was a mistake. <laughs> Stop it. JD has corrected me multiple times, and I sub. I just like I don't even think about it. I've just said Camara, but I know now that it's Camara. I have said Pat Mahomes though. I didn't know that was wrong. Mike <laughs> Caroline has like changed several. You know, she said Camara. I told her like eighty-nine times Camara, but she kept saying. You know, with her is Andres Pete, not Andres Pete. So I've given up on her. She's just, you know, you know. Don't give up on me. These millennials. All right, John DeChazier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these millennials, they just like a bunch of honey badges. They do what they want to do. So I don't even try <laughs> to stop them anymore. But Mike, where, where do you come down on this whole, you know, Drew Brees throwing it deep thing? Because I've had some, I don't want to say heated debates with friends, but what I try to explain to them is, you know, one, he's not going to, to assume that kind of risk when it's when it just isn't there. And two, you know, I've also made the argument that last year, uh, Jameis Winston, who's on this team, threw 30 interceptions. And many of the people yeah. that I debate with laughed at him last year for throwing those 30 interceptions and passes <laughs> that he was just kind of throwing out there, I guess, testing the defense or because that, you know, he just wanted to try it. And I said, okay, so last year when another guy did it, you guys were laughing and ridiculing and mocking. And now that's exactly what you want Drew to do. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if you can have it both ways, but where do you, where do you come down on that? Well, that's a really fair point, J.D., because I, I mentioned that Breeze had the best passer ratings and completion percentage of his career the last two seasons. He also had the lowest turnover rates of his career the last two seasons, uh, or at least since he was in San Diego. Um, so he's playing smart football, and it has been working. But it has to work. So if – they're one and two or they're one and three or they're two and four um, and, and their offense isn't winning any games, then you do have to uh, suggest maybe finding a different way to do it. I think, I think the sample size is too small though. Uh, I, I mean, I think the scrutiny is fair because I think we've all looked at, at Breeze in the first three games and said, man, there's something just not quite 
looking as good as he's looked. He's not quite as on target or as polished as he's been looking in recent years. But I don't think the jumping to conclusions is fair. Well, it's because he turned 41 and you fall off a cliff when you turn 41. I, I've never thought Drew Brees is going to fall off a cliff. I, I've always thought that, you know, he's the kind of guy that you could – you could take his left arm, you know, you could take his right arm away and he could win you eight games thrown with his left arm because he's just so savvy as a guy who gets it done with what's at his disposal. All right, we'll get back into Mike Triplett's interview in just a second, but quickly a word from our friends at SeatGeek. Just like all of you, SeatGeek can't wait to get back in the stands with you to cheer on the Saints and sing along to our favorite songs again. They're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to the events in the Big Easy easier. Plus, every ticket purchase on SeatGeek is protected by their buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better, even if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. All right, let's get back to our interview with ESPN's Mike Triplett. The, the Saints have struggled with tight ends the last two weeks, and for targets for the Lions, C.J. Hawkinson leads the Lions in targets. How do you address that position? The Saints have struggled with it the last two weeks, especially with Waller against the Raiders, who was eventually disappeared after the Saints played. Yeah, it'll be challenging in this game, especially because, I, I mean, with the Raiders, you think you could say sell out and make Darren Waller the one guy in their passing game that you stop because they don't have a lot of other great alternatives in that passing game. The Lions, it's the complete opposite. Uh, you, you can't ignore Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. Um, and and so, it, you know, this 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 team will will test all of your matchup uh, abilities. But I, I don't necessarily think the Saints have a tight end problem. Um, if TJ Hawkinson has a big game, then, then we start saying they do. Exactly. I think a lot of, uh, I think that exactly. And I think a lot of it also has to do with, um, you know, something you guys referred to earlier, uh, Cam Jordan and the rest of those guys up front getting some pressure. Um, that can also make your back end look a whole lot better if you can rush a quarterback, if you can get him off his marks, if you can, you know, produce a turnover, if you can sack him and get him on the ground. That can make your secondary look a lot better. Fellas, training camp, what was it, three years ago, Adrian Peterson left the Saints. Alvin Kamara won out the job. Obviously, Kamara, excuse me, Kamara won out the job. We've seen what he, he can do since then. But is it uh, Adrian Peterson revenge game? Are we thinking that? No, he wasn't around long enough for it to be revenge. No, 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 no. I mean, he was here for, you know, I, I don't even know if his cup of coffee got cold. It, it can't be revenge. It can't be revenge. If it's if it's you know a, a, if it's that brief a stay you know we we're not you know we're not going to be talking you know Traveris cadet revenge games here either <laughs> at that point so no I would not think it's a, a revenge game really you know Alan Kamara came in and and there were too many miles to feed simply it was him Gingram and Kamara and finally I think the Saints figured out you know what Kamara was probably a little bit better than even they projected and then suddenly it became you know what this kid is so versatile and so good and and you know you've got Ingram and, and Adrian Peterson was was the odd guy out because I don't know that he was as versatile as the other two 
because Mark Ingram can also catch the ball out of the backfield. And he, you know, is a supreme blocker when it comes to picking up blitzes and those kinds of things. So I thought that's what made, you know, Adrian Peterson is expendable. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's hard for him to hold any ill will to the team because he can't point and say, you know, oh, they, they dumped me over these two guys. So they both had over 1,500 <laughs> yards that season. First time two running backs ever did that in the same backfield, which is – Extra remarkable when you think about the fact that Peterson was there for the first four weeks getting some touches, and, and they still ended up with all those yardage. But, you know, kudos to uh, Peterson because people were wondering when the Saints signed him if he had anything left at the beginning of 2017. Here he is still doing it three years later. I'll tell you what, I shook his hand. I, I didn't know if he had anything left either. I shook his hand, and he just about crushed my hand. So, you know, if nothing else, he's got the strongest hands in the NFL, I'm sure. Well, Katie, that's not saying anything. We know you're soft with a capital T at the end. Um, Mike, last question before I let you go. Um, would you, if Jared Cook is out this game, the injury report will come out um, later this afternoon, but if Jared Cook is out, would you expect more productivity from Adam Troutman, or do you think Josh Hill, since Breeze has a more established relationship with him? Yeah, I mean, Troutman could certainly have a touchdown or a big play here or there, but I wouldn't expect heavy volume for him. Um, we, you know, they didn't have Mike Thomas for the last two weeks, and, and we didn't see either Troutman or Josh Hill pick up a, a lot of those catches. So I, I would, you know, I would I keep expecting to see more from Emmanuel Sanders' involvement. I keep expecting to see more involvement from Taysom Hill, maybe more involvement from Deontay Harris. So um, especially if Michael Thomas is back, I think it would be hard to expect anything major from either of the other tight ends. Yeah, they've shown that they can that they can get by without Jared Cook. They did it for a, a period of time last year. You don't want to lose both those guys, though. You better yeah. you want to hope at least one of them plays. Yeah, and and having Michael Thomas, I mean, you know, you look at it. He's only missed three games in his NFL career, but the Saints have lost all three of those games. So, you know, he's been pretty big when it comes to him being available for the Saints. All right. Well, you can all follow Mike Triplett on Twitter at Mike Triplett with two T's at the end. You can find his articles on ESPN.com and go under the NFL tab and click on New Orleans Saints. All of his articles are right there. Mike, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thanks to Mike for joining us on the show today. Appreciate him as always. Can't wait to see you on Sunday for Dome at Home Live. Don't forget to tune in. Dome at Home Live goes on an hour before kickoff. So kickoff is at what time on Sunday? Noon, our first noon kickoff of the season. So make sure you tune in to Dome at Home Live on the New Orleans Saints app, neworleansaints.com, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to watch it. Dome at Home Live is available to you at 11 o'clock. So make sure you tune in to that um, as before the Saints take on the Lions. We will have all of your information leading up to the game available on neworleansaints.com, including the Friday injury report, um, interviews, articles from your very own John DeShazer, including keys to the game. So be sure to check that out on neworleansaints.com and the Saints app. All right, Mike Triplett, John DeShazer, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. I'll see you on Sunday when you're watching Dome at Home Live. Thanks so much for joining us.